Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. On episode six, we are interviewing Sophia Spolino, host of Enlightened Podcast. Among other things we discussed today is how to recognize and manifest your dream romantic relationship. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Fiddler. And Christina Wilson. Good morning, everyone. Today we are being generously gifted the presence of Sophia Spolino. She's a personal development podcast host and an entrepreneur mentor. And she is so amazing. She reminds me of who I wish I was when I was in my 20s because she is bold and brazenly shows off her life on Instagram and TikTok. She has an age gap relationship, which I also do. But when I was her age, I did not have the guts to tell the world like, hey, I'm in an age gap relationship. Come bring it on. She is extremely mature for her age. She owns her spirituality and her past. She's a great entrepreneurial coach, and we are just so thrilled to have her. So welcome, Sophia. Welcome. I'm honored. I'm just so glad that Instagram brought us together. I don't know, Anna, if you started following me because of the age gap thing or because of the spiritual thing? Like what connected you first? Um, One of my friends actually forwarded me, you had posted a hilarious TikTok about the age gap and one of my friends forwarded it to me. She's like, you got to check this girl out. I had never even knew that like age gap relationships was a hashtag. Like I didn't know it was a thing. And I just like, I binged on your videos and I was laughing so hard because I could totally relate to both of our, our, your, your boyfriend is what, 20 years older, 28, 28. And mine is 24 years older. So just like your Robert is so youthful. Like, yes, he's older, but he's youthful. He adores you. Mm. You adore him. This chemistry you have, I could totally relate to it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, she reminds me of who I was when I was 28 or however old you are, but I didn't have the, like, I guess the confidence that you have to just be like public about it. 
And um, yeah, like you just really own who you are. And I really Thank admire you. that, especially at your age. Not like you're that much younger, but just to be in your 20s and just to be so public about who you are and what you believe in, I think it's so beautiful and inspiring. I agree. I agree. It seems, it's really inspiring. I'm, I'm in an opposite age gap. Well, not an actual age gap. I'm four years older than my husband. Oh, you're older wow. than me. I am four years older than my husband. And, um, but I have uh, you and my sister are both in age gap relationships. And like, so if you watching your stuff um on TikTok and like I, I was just like I was like this is awesome like because I feel like all the all the kind of insecurity I ever see uh, or used to see in in my sister or in Anna are like you're just totally embracing that yeah. and I think that's mm-hmm. wonderful and off, obviously have all the other stuff going for you as well so yeah thank yeah. you and yeah my- it all just started because of just if you make yourself uncancelable and put all your shadows out there, like that was my greatest insecurity that people wouldn't take me seriously or what I had to say seriously because they'd be like, oh, she's just a sugar baby. So then I just started making content about that and that's what took off. And now it it, it has been a tricky transition to be like, hey, I don't want to be known just for that. But that was the kind of master marketing plan to get me where I am today in terms of the larger following yeah but now I'm like so ready to be like okay I'm so much more guys you're oh, so she much is, more she is so much more and just so anyone out there who's been listening to our podcast I had a dream of making a podcast in like two or three years from now Sophia mm-hmm. is the reason why it happens so much sooner she is a podcast coach that's one of her yeah. other side things in her entrepreneur coaching and like she really gave me the confidence and her class gave me the tools to be like, hey, I can do this. Why am I waiting two years? Like mm-hmm. I can do yeah. it now. And so I think we ended up la- launching the podcast two years earlier than I thought I could simply because you had such a great attitude about it and you shared your wisdom so generously. So mm-hmm. thank you. Well, you share yours with me. You've become one of my closest friends and I can't yes. wait to meet in real life. <laughs> yeah, we will meet in real life. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So now that we've talked about the age gap relationships, I know today y'all were like, okay, let's pick a topic that we all really vibe on. But my passion is helping people manifest the partner of their dreams. And for me, because of, you know, the background of the content, I usually get, um, I guess, chosen to help people manifest the wealthy older man of their dreams. But all of these techniques that I share could be used for anyone. I mean, whoever your dream partner is, just, just give it, give it a little chance. So the one thing that she's really taught me is make what you want familiar and make what you do not want less familiar. And that's literally the simplest way to manifest what you want at the root of it. And if you want something in your life, what ways could you make that more familiar to you, even if you are a single woman? Um, two years ago, I went through a divorce and the neighborhood I'm looking out on as we film this has been my dream neighborhood since I was 11 years old. Wow. Always wanted to live here, always wanted to be a mom, always wanted to be a great wife and live in these beautiful homes. So even though that wasn't familiar to me and I came home and I applied for food stamps and everything that you could need when those things came in the mail, I couldn't bring myself to use it. So I was like, I have family support. Let me just cut this up. But in that desperation time, I did apply for those things because I did qualify because I was in need. I left my ex-husband and my jobs in Florida, like at the drop of a hat and just came here with nothing and lived at my grandmother's house and tried to rebuild my life. And so in that moment, all I knew is something had to change. And I slowly began to make what I wanted more familiar 
and what I didn't want less familiar. And my grandmother lived in the, the ghetto. Um, I know that's not like super politically correct, but it's just true. She did not live in a safe area. And I would leave there and drive 30 minutes every day at 530 in the morning to get to this neighborhood before um, work would start for the day. So I could work out, journal, manifest, um, meditate in empty lots in where I'd build my house one day. That's and smart. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was crazy. I would just sit there and be like, what is it going to be like? whenever I'm driving up and I would just like close my eyes and be like, I'm driving and I could see myself on the road that I wanted to like live off of. And then I'd be like, and then I'm pressing the garage door and I could feel the feeling of pressing the garage door. So I made everything I wanted very familiar and it meant spending less time at my grandma's house and like sitting at a coffee shop here doing the work. So I could be in that energy of abundance and luxury rather than just sitting and looking out at a world that I didn't want. I love that. I love that. I I really got into Marissa Peer over 2020. Marissa Peer is a hypnotherapist and she has a great Mm -hmm. lecture exactly on making the familiar unfamiliar and the unfamiliar familiar. And like when you're changing patterns, like let's say you're a woman who constantly attracts like an an asshole man, let's say, like when you first start dating a man who's good, it feels off and weird. And she's like, you have got to recognize that sometimes when things are unfamiliar, they feel weird because they're unfamiliar. Do not, do not mistake unfamiliarity with a bad omen, you know, because a lot of people, they're like, this is not what my brain is used to. My neural pathways are programmed for this and that, and I'm not used to this. So this doesn't feel right. It must be wrong. And she's like, no, like make what you want familiar because we resist the unfamiliar. Yes. I love what you did with the parking lot. That's Mm -hmm. genius actually. And I mean, I did this every day. I was taking action every day for the life I wanted to live and the lifestyle I wanted to have. And then even though my family thought I was nuts, I mean, they would joke that I lived out of my car because I really wouldn't spend a lot of time at my grandmother's house. I would pay for the country club membership. That was more than I was paying for rent at the time at my grandma's and put my stuff in a locker and get dressed there so I could feel what it feels like to be around the other housewives or the other business women in the area getting ready from just coming from the gym. And I think a lot of times people don't even allow themselves to do these things because the first step is feeling worthy Mm-hmm. of manifesting you're like oh that doesn't work but you have to feel worthy of it and that's that's the most challenging part because once you can get past the worthiness then you believe that you can really do anything do you guys feel like that's been an issue oh yeah yeah um i remember actually when i first read all the stuff um the abraham hicks stuff uh, they were saying you know f- get into the emotional state mm. of what it feels to actually get that thing and i was like if I do that in my head or if I try and do that, like I was just finding that so hard to do, cause there was always, there were always the mental blocks that said, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, this is going to be too hard or I can't do this or whatever. And that was just unworthiness. My own mm-hmm. like lack of self-worth just manifesting itself as thoughts that seemed logical. Right. Yeah. I, like for me, one thing that like kind of spin my, my perception of worthiness was I had a friend, her little sister, Cotton, she, uh, her boyfriend bought her lots of diamonds, beautiful jewelry, or she would just buy diamonds. And I was like, I was like, wow, like I love diamonds. I've never had a diamond. And, um, like, how do you feel worthy to have a diamond? And I remember she said this and it stuck with me. She's like, I walk by the jewelry store and I look in the window and I see a beautiful diamond earring. And I think, Mm -hmm. 
anyone on this earth can own that diamond. Why not me? I'll love it more than anyone else. That diamond deserves to be loved. And that's like really, yeah, I love that. Cause I was like, it's true. Like anyone can have anything. Why not me? And I will Mm -hmm. love it and appreciate it so much. Like there are people who have thousands, like millions of dollars and jewels, like locked in safety deposit box or under their mattress and they never enjoy them. Like, why not, why not let the person who will love them and enjoy them have them? I absolutely agree. There's so many people that I know in the jewelry industry, because I was brought up with that with my parents having a jewelry store. They just don't wear their nice jewelry. Like they save it for special occasions. And I'm a firm believer we eat on silver, solid silverware every single day. Um, If we have nice wine glasses, I have like crystals on them and stuff with the gold and everything. I drink out of those anytime I pour myself a glass of wine. There's no reason to save the stuff for a rainy day. Like life should be celebrated every day. And if you hold that vibration of, I deserve this, hold that literal vibration of luxury is mine as long as that's what you want. Not everyone has to want it, but if that's what you want, why not me? I think that's amazing. And I I do think there's a reason why, especially in the South. So just to divert a little bit, I didn't feel always worthy because of purity culture and the guilt that I held on to for getting a divorce. I grew up thinking I had to wait to have sex until marriage, and I did, and that was a terrible, um, terrible thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't mean, I'm not like dogging his dick, okay? Like, I'm not No, 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 no. It's Um, not about him. It's about- yeah, yeah. purity. Yeah, course. it was just that like if I would have lived with him before, which living together before marriage was absolutely like out of the question. If I would have given myself three months of sex and living together and paying bills together and I would have figured out really quickly that this is some, someone I don't want to spend the rest of my life with, someone who doesn't really nourish me in the same way I pour into him. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that. I had this illusion and a lot of people think, oh, you just get married to have sex and purity culture. And maybe that's true for some people. But for me, it's not that I got married to have sex. I got married, but I was clouded by this fairy tale idea because I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And and then I felt so much guilt when I left and I was told I couldn't get a divorce. God wouldn't see me the same. And um, I could, if I did separate, I could never have a sexual relationship again or I'd really disappoint God. Mm-hmm. And getting past that, and I think there, it might not be that for someone listening, but maybe there is something in your life where you've had this story told to you by family or by organizations, that one story, what are you telling yourself that makes you feel unworthy of the next thing that you want? What is it? Right. Like, I think everyone has something. And for me, it was that purity culture guilt. Yep. Have y'all been brought up in strict religion or that's not a thing? No, I was, I was brought up in kind of a new age religion. I think that, that mine, a lot of my um, unworthiness came from, uh, or still comes from like uh, just a a self-image that I built of myself Mm -hmm. through a series of traumas and things like that. It was kind of an almost an self-imposed like boundaries that I just created that said, um, I can't do this or I can't do that. But then it even extends, I found out in recent years that it even extends beyond this life in the sense of like, oh, I can't be powerful because I'm afraid of corrupting the power, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a common thing that I have is like, I'm so afraid of getting power or getting wealth or getting whatever, because I'm so afraid of corrupting it. Right. Or being like a past life regression. Hmm? 
from like a past life regression. Yeah. Yes. From like past life regressions as well as from um, uh, probably some from this life from, from past life regressions. I've definitely had that. I've definitely had mm. experiences in past lives where I was like a witch and like flooded a whole town and everyone died. And then like, I wasn't allowed to use my powers anymore. That kind of crazy out there stuff. But like, I'm like, yeah. that kind of makes sense. <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah. I yeah, just I got into the past life regression thing. So I did my first one and, and I got to hear all about it. Oh yeah. It. I loved <laughs> it. Yeah. It was very eye opening for someone with my background to even be open to that, where that would have been like very like devil worship to my family, you know? Yeah, it felt really but good. Although and there's there's references to past lives in the Kabbalah, which is the ancient Hebrew text. Like, you know, if you want to go that Christianity comes from Judaism, like it's in there. If you look, oh yeah, but the Christian churches I've gone to, they will not consider Gnostic. Yeah, texts. Harry like, Potter is yeah. a demon in, in yeah. those places. Yeah, so. yeah, they they there's there's no chance that that past life anything exists beyond the single life, right? Right. No. And like Harry Potter as a kid. Oh my gosh. I would have been stone. Right. It seems like the master manipulation plan to make God like to manipulate you to think you're unworthy in the eyes of God is like Mm. the manipulation tactic of all Mm. manipulation tactics, because you are then feeling unworthy in the eyes of your creator and in your spiritual relationship. Like it's just such a way to sabotage someone and control them more than like any other relationship but your relationship with God is such a huge one. Yeah. Creating intermediaries, making it so that you don't actually can't firsthand accept the guidance of whatever Mm -hmm. your, your creator is. You have to go to somebody else, like all of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's why I, I'm definitely still identifying with a lot of Christianity, but also identify with a lot of other things now too. Yeah. But the, the book of Mary Magdalene was kept out of the Bible for a reason because she talked about how, the connection to God's within, like you're a co-creator of your reality and all of these like powers of the ego is what we have to overcome, not the other person, but the ego. And that, that goes with a lot of other things like subliminally that Jesus taught, but then other people just went and took it a totally right. different way. It's like so. that movie Stigmata. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that movie? Oh, no. I loved that movie. Oh, you got to see that, oh, Sophia. My God. It's about, What's it about? It's, about, it's real. It's about real texts in the Bible that have been taken out. The where, Book of Thomas. It's about the Book of Thomas in particular. The Book of Thomas. Yeah. And yes. he says that um, the the kingdom of heaven is within. And there's a, a yes. phrase like, you don't need to go to church to become connected to God. And it was like taken out of the text mm-hmm. by the church because they're like, well, then people aren't going to give us money. It's yeah. such stigmata is a great movie about if you've grown up in purity culture. It, it is also a horror movie. It's a horror movie. <laughs> it's a horror movie because the woman basically accidentally gets uh, possessed by a man who stole the book of Thomas to try and like disseminate it to the world. So she starts receiving the stigmata. And so that's why it's like kind of a weird, but very inspiring movie. Right. It's, it's, time. I don't even like horror, but it was so good. And just the fact that. It just shows some of the secret messages of Jesus, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. No, I, I've been really loving that. Like just hearing more about the Gnostic text. I mean, would the book of Thomas be considered a Gnostic? Text? I think it is. I think yeah. It is. Yeah. I think it's, so. It's, yeah. It was, it was. If not, 
I haven't read it yet, but I've, I've heard excerpts from different research about the book of Mary Magdalene because they really go together. So it was really interesting. But anyway, back to like the feeling of worthiness, I think whether it's religion or your family or a story you picked up along the way, that's the first step to manifesting whatever you want, especially when it comes to your partnership, because if you don't believe you're worthy of at the root of it all love... Mm-hmm. Yeah, happiness, like someone who's going to treat you with respect and value you, then, then that's not going to come. And then the next key would be making yourself familiar. Like I said, like I'd put myself at the wine bar over here. I would only go hang out and be in the country club because I knew I wanted to meet a man of a certain caliber. So where are you putting yourself out? Um, in the world and are you making dating fun to even begin to manifest like what vibration are you in because if your story is well dating really sucks and this is really hard I'm never going to meet my partner and you're always just scrolling on dating apps you get stuck and like sucked into the algorithm just believing man if I don't keep swiping and you're like up at two in the morning if I don't swipe maybe like Mr. Right is like the next swipe and then I'm gonna miss it right believing in lack see we Chris and I dated and met our husbands before apps, but I could totally see how you could get locked into that, that lack, lack belief set, like you fear of missing out, you know, FOMO, Mm -hmm. like I got to do this. What if I miss Mm -hmm. da da da? And you got to trust that, like, just send out the vibration and, Mm -hmm. and be a magnet and it will come to you. Absolutely. If you attract, you attract what you are, not what you want. And I I I know that. that Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so good. I heard that from Madeline Moon. I can't take credit for it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, if you don't follow her, I love you it. are not. Um, how did she say it? She she said, "Yeah, you attract what you are, not what you want." That's exactly her quote. But yeah, it's it's really true because if you can become that peaceful vessel for love to come in, and you're in that receptive mode, and you are taking action to make what you want more familiar. And making what you don't want less familiar. So don't hang out at places where you know your exes are going to be. Don't hang out and, you know, pass down their street. Don't be holding on to a single thread of your past. Make that less familiar and just create the life you want. Make that more familiar. Even if you can't quote unquote afford it in this moment of this reality, knowing that and feeling the vibration of it's already yours. This person's already mine and you're grateful for this love that you have within that you already are. And that is what's going to attract that right to you. Right. So um, this question's for both of you. I, I have one technique I know of particularly, but what, what kind of advice would you give to someone listening that it has identified that they have, you know, unworthiness beliefs mm-hmm. or hangups what are some practical tools they can do to either A, identify them or B, dismantle them? Mm-hmm. Mm, to get rid of the beliefs? Yeah. Like I can, I can share one that I've done that I love yeah. and then it'll probably like jog your memories. There's a book called Creative Visualization by Shakti Gaiwan. It was like published in the 70s or 80s. It's a precursor to The Secret. And she says like you make your vision board and you put on there like what you want, what you're trying to manifest. Mm. She goes, then get a piece of paper and a pen And I want you to say on the top of the paper, right, all the reasons why I can't have X. And then just get your pen and free flow. She's like, doesn't matter. Like be unencumbered, cathartic, like whatever comes Mm -hmm. out, even if it makes no sense. I can't have a BMW because I have brown eyes. I mean, like as irrational as whatever comes out, comes out, put it on paper and then stop and meditate on each and everything and ask yourself, like, is this true? Like, 
does having, because I was born with brown eyes, does it really mean I can't own a BMW? I mean, that's a really silly example, but like, you know, we have these, these beliefs clogging our brain up and Mm -hmm. seeing them on paper and being able to identify like, why do I believe that? Where did that belief come? Is that belief true? Does that belief really mean I can't have X, Y, or Z? Like that's a really Mm -hmm. cathartic process, which I like. Yeah. I was just saying, do you scratch out those beliefs? Like, yeah, like so like as you look at them, them, you just like cross them off and you're like, all right, well, that's clearly anyone with brown eyes. I know that people with brown eyes own BMWs. I know eye color has nothing to do with owning a car. I'm going to scratch that out. Like when you feel like you recognize why you believe that, can you honestly let go of that belief? You scratch it out yeah. and you go to the next one and you just kind of go through all of them. I like that one because it will bring up really like, you know, we have a, uh, another episode where we talk about um, motherless daughters. Both of us lost our mothers in our childhood. And I remember I was doing an exercise on something and I wrote down, well, because my mother died, I can't have X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And it was like, because she died and left me, I somehow thought I was unworthy of her love. Therefore, I was unworthy to have whatever it was I was manifesting. And I realized mm-hmm. that's not true. Like what happened, happened. It has nothing to do with my worthiness or my ability to attract X, Y, and Z, but I had to put it on paper to even know I was holding that unconscious commitment, you know? Right. Right. I love that. Go ahead, Christina. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm good. I was, I was just going to say, um, nope. (laughs) I'm good. I'm I'm just loving what you're saying, Sophia. So yeah. Yours made me think of one thing that I do with clients. Now, this isn't something that I recommend for someone who isn't living a life of mindfulness and awareness, because if they do this exercise before they've reached a point of wanting to really shift something, like they might get stuck. So I will have them go through and write down everything that really hurt their heart about past relationships. So what did you wish someone did, but they didn't do write down the things they did wrong. They didn't do like everything that just really upset you. So like this person, like he always left dishes in the sink. He never looked me in the eye during sex, like whatever that is big or small, write that down. Like didn't radically accept me, um, made jokes in front of his friends about me that hurt my feelings, whatever. So then once you go through those things and you understand that's what you don't want, because a topic is always two topics, what Abraham Hicks says, we're just going to get those like things that you don't want out the way, like get them out of your system, out the way, and then flip the paper and write down the opposite of those things as what you do want. So Mm -hmm. someone who does clean up after himself, someone who does give me eye contact, I'm trying to think of the other examples I gave, but anyway, the opposite of praises me in front of friends or whatever. Yes. Who like praises me in front of my friends and like honors me, respects me. So you write down every one of those things. And then I have them create on a separate clean sheet of paper, something that is very beautiful. They write in their best handwriting, maybe a gold pen, like make it a luxurious feeling, something that you love. I have mine right here. Mine's in black this time, but it was a very nice pen that I wrote with. And I've got my manifest T and this is just something that like, based on everything I learned from either Marissa Peer or Abraham Hicks, I just came up with this thing called a manifest T and it's like my little tool now. And on the top of the page, I write, I deserve to have, and then I put like a little T and then I put, thank you, God, or whatever your word for God is divine mother, um, universe for. So I deserve to have, thank you, God for, and then I go through and I write down everything in my, in my reality that I'm manifesting. Mm -hmm. So for example, this one, now that I've manifested, a man says, 
I deserve to have, and then it goes down the list, an effortlessly fit body, a desire for healthy foods, an incredible wealthy husband, because we're not married yet. So um, my dream engagement ring, a more luxurious home, a luxurious lifestyle, travel, all the things that other people might say are frivolous. But for you, it would be all the things. So for me, I'm looking at all the things in my past that I didn't get to have that didn't feel good on the other end of the stick, turn that into the opposite to see what I actually wanted put that down on a list. And now I don't have to think about the other side. That's all done. Like I know people say, oh, it's hard to think about the one positive thing, but like you just did. When you write it all down, you scratch it out and you like throw it away, it helps because you shift it out of your body, Mm -hmm. your system. And the way I do this practice is I read it out loud and I feel it. So the first statement is I deserve to have. And then for example, one is my partner who is healthy and lives a long, happy life. So I feel that deservingness and I sometimes put my hand on my stomach because that's where I tend to feel the deservingness. And yep. then I repeat it and I say, thank you, God, for my partner who is healthy and lives a long, happy life. And I visualize myself being 90, thanking God that I have a partner that lives a long, happy life. I love that. No, that's really beautiful. I, um, I, I have something similar to that. Just even it was micro manifestations that I was trying to do. Just like just the little things just to continually remind me that magic exists and that manifestation mm. happens. Yeah. I did um, a Matt Con course over the summer and it was so cool. He talks about the difference between like 3D, the third dimension and the fifth dimension. And he says that in the fifth dimension, like when we die or for people unfamiliar with fifth dimension, it's like the place beyond where we are when we're all, you know, it's the place beyond when we're died, when we've died or like where our soul is, it's just like a higher state of consciousness. And he says that in the fifth dimension, like you, you suddenly you want a white horse, boom, the white horse is there. You want, you know, you want a silver car, boom, the silver car is there. And people who have died had near death experience. They talk about this place. Like they've talked about mm. like wanting something and it's immediately there. And um, he says that in the fifth dimension, there is no diff- distance between time like desire and manifestation there is no time difference like just like in a dream like in a dream you're dreaming like if you have a lucid dreaming you're like i want a purple pony and you turn your head and boom there's a purple pony in the dream that's very fifth dimensional thinking Mm. he says what's the difference between this world and that world the difference is time and he says everything that you want you actually already have it's just that in this realm we need a, a space continuum of a space a space between that which is called time so like you want a purple pony in this life you'll get it it's just going to take time and why because this world exists to teach us lessons and to prepare us so like that purple pony or whatever it is you're manifesting is already there in the fifth dimension but in the third dimension there's this illusion of space of time because you are not yet ready because you have lessons to learn there's no lessons to learn in the great beyond because you know it all there but like here we Mm. have to experience a a gap in order to learn lessons so we should also be grateful like whatever we want we already have and the the distance between that is just us getting ready to feel worthy to have them or to learn a lesson to have them and i love that Mm. concept like whatever we want it's already here we're just getting we're just in a delay you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we get to choose like how fast it comes too. Right. The, yeah, the quicker like, we learn our lessons or feel worthy, the quicker it yeah. comes because time is an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. The, the quicker we can get to also just acceptance rather because anytime you're not accepting, you're resisting. I know we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, uh, also 
one of the things that I've, I've read about um, with manifesting money in particular as its own different thing, different, slightly different from partners though, is like this whole idea that you have to, you have to allow as many channels into you as possible. Like you can't just Mm -hmm. like expect it to be a certain way in a certain type of package. Like it can only come in my paycheck and it's only if I get a promotion, am I going to get money as opposed to just being like, let me just open up all these windows and allow all these other opportunities for, for stuff to come. Like I, I lived with a medicine woman and she used to, um, every single time she was really, she like made a deal with the universe. And she said, if I make $300 at this art show, I will never hold a steady job again. Like I will never go to like a job. I will dedicate my life to, um, helping people and doing art and da, 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 da. And she's like, but you have to help me out universe if you're going to do this. And so every single time she was strapped for cash, she would just be like, okay, now's the time. And her mailbox became her channel because that was like back in the day. Right. So her mailbox became her channel, um, like one of her channels, uh, for that. And it it would just like checks would just like appear like the day that she needed it and things like that. And so like she made her mailbox that channel, but now we have so many more channels available to us in this, particularly with money right? that mm-hmm. like opening up, like having lots of mailboxes so that the universe is yeah. like, Oh, I'm just going to slip in some money right here. I'm just going right. to slip in something right here. Yeah. Our teachers, I love that. One of our mm-hmm. teachers, teacher Charles was saying, you know, your computer has a life of its own and your, t- your phone has a life of its own and it knows you. You just talk to your phone and talk to the computer and be like, look, you got all my passwords to my bank accounts. You got all my, you know, access to everything. The, the world is vast. It's all online for the most part. I want more money in my bank account and bring it to me. Like talk to your phone, make friends with your phone because your phone (laughs) will do what it has to do. And boom. And it's so funny. I have, I work in healthcare and like, there's a lot of insurance denials and like you get paid very delayed in a lot of situations. And I started talking to my phone and I kid you not, I was waiting on this big check. And like two weeks later, direct deposit, like the money just showed up in my bank account. I was like, thanks phone. Like, thanks for being a channel to bring that money down. That's electronic wire. Yeah. 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 No. And talking about like the mailbox idea, like you're saying, like with money being open to a lot of channels. So going back to manifesting love, Mm -hmm. I think it is important to be open to a lot of channels. And when you are using a tool like the manifesty that I just talked about to manifest your partner, starting with the things you didn't like, turning them into the things you like and feeling what you like in your body and this person that you're grateful for already in your body. When you do that, I want you to not be visualizing a certain face, a certain age, a certain ethnicity. You have to be open to every channel and you could meet that person when you walk out your apartment door. You could meet that person in the gym. You can meet that person in the grocery store or you can meet that person on one of like 20 dating apps. And um, I think it's amazing to put yourself out there in dating apps. The whole issue with that channel though is can you make that fun can you put that into a container where you're having fun when you're dating and one of the biggest tips I tell people is limit yourself to two hour dates a week um with yourself while you're, while you're quote unquote dating. So open a bottle of champagne and for two hours, you're allowed to 
get on dating apps and respond. And then you just don't touch it for like until your other date on your calendar where you have that container for two hours. Or maybe you go sit at a wine bar by yourself, dressed to the nines, feeling sexy for you so you can attract what you are. And while you're there, until a guy comes up to you or until you initiate a conversation, that's when you could be going through your dating app messages. So it's like this like two hour windows twice a week where you're making it fun rather than this struggle or this like chronic FOMO. Like I gotta, I gotta Mm -hmm. go through these every time I go sit on the toilet. Like, no, you don't just like set a a timer for yourself. I like that. Yeah. And boundaries. Yeah. It's a good, it's a really good boundary, right? So that you don't kind of, like you said, get into that kind of anxiety place with it. Um, because it's like, I I just, I, I feel like the movies kind of romanticizes this notion that like you have one chance to have a meet cute experience with someone. And then it's like, if you miss that, that that's it. And it's like, I mean, I, I, I kind of can't talk because I totally had a meet cute experience with mine, but Wait, I, what's a meet cute meet cute is like, um, it's usually, it's like a, it's like a silly phrase for like when you bump into somebody and like all your papers drop and everyone's like, and it's oh, like, oh, and you're like, be the person the of one. your dreams. Like, yeah. <laughs> Whereas like with my husband, we totally had a meet cute, like where it was like, he mm-hmm. was trying to whatever he was trying to um, bend a shovel to break it because he wanted to test the quality. And I was working at the store that he was like doing that at. And it was like, he was just like, he had to like hide it underneath his jacket. It was like totally one of those like awkward situations. But when we talked, we realized that there were numerous other times when we could have met in our lives. Mm. Right. We happened to meet at that time. And if the universe was conspiring to put us together in this life, which I really believe it did, like it wasn't just going to give us one tiny little opportunity. And if we missed it, then that was it. Mm, that's good. Like having the faith to know that like it would come no matter what, like just because you feel like not going out tonight and you would have met your dream man, like that's still going to manifest somehow. Exactly. I love that. Like having yeah. enough faith that that's not the only way. Yeah. I didn't have a meet cute situation with Robert and for a while, like what you were saying, Anna, in the beginning, what I forgot how you worded it, but it was really good about you, you you might be so unfamiliar with something that's healthy for you. Like, mm-hmm. because we're so used to this roller coaster ride of emotions when we've dated narcissists or right. been in toxic situations. I guess toxic is a bad word. We all have toxic qualities, but where you're just not, not in a healthy relationship. Right. So when I met him, I was like, this is- Unfamiliar. Like, <laughs> unfamiliar and like almost boring. Like you're not making me work for you. You're not making me worry if you're talking to other people and you're not like stringing me along. This yeah. is weird. You're being honest. Like what is this? Yeah. When I met my husband, um, can he asked me to go on a date? It was the first time I was going on a date with someone and I didn't get butterflies in my stomach. And I was like, he's the one, like, he's the one I'm going to marry because I'm not getting butterflies in my stomach, which sounds totally like, yeah, contrary (laughs) to like everything you see in the movies that romanticize things, but the movies lie, like movies make it look like birth is scary and painful and traumatic and it doesn't have to be. And movies Mm -hmm. also make it seem like love has to fit into this thing. And it doesn't. And like, it was the first time I was going on a date with a man. I did not have butterflies in my stomach because I already knew that this man was capable of loving me completely and I wasn't going to have to work for it and prove myself to him. And I think that that butterfly Mm -hmm. feeling I would get before was this like um, anticipation anxiety of performing. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And I would mistake that like, it's the same feeling I would get when Mm -hmm. I would like go on stage when I was a kid and did like drama camp. It was that same feeling of like performance anxiety that I mistook for like butterflies in the stomach. But with my husband, I did not have that, which was unfamiliar, but I was smart enough to realize like, this is a good thing that I don't think I have to perform for him. Like I can just show up and be myself and this man is going to love me and I don't have to work for it. And Mm. And like, sure enough, you know, we ended up getting married and it was a good decision, but that was unfamiliar. And if I had been like, well, where are the butterflies? That's what's familiar. That's what the movies say is the right thing to be looking for. Like, no, you get to define, you get to define what is your secret message? You know, like you get to define what is the universe telling you? Yeah. And I could just listening about, it, I'm like, it feels so safe in my body to not have to perform for somebody or look a certain way all the time. Don't get me wrong. I love to like care about how I look for my partner, but not because I have to, not because I need to perform or right. prove something. It's just such a different energy when you just interact with someone who is going to radically love you. And the only way you can get there is by first radically loving yourself so you can attract what you are. It's that exactly. simple. Yep. It yeah. really is that simple. I, I, I would completely agree. Like that, that message, I feel like we've had that a lot in our podcast recently, but it's just, it, it hits home. Cause like, I hear you say all this stuff about other men, like how you don't like things in other men. But for me, when I look back at my past relationships, I never liked myself in them because I would always just absorb into whatever they were. Yeah. Whatever they were. I decided to just become that person. I will define myself through your lens. Right. Right. So for me, like I think about my past relationships and I think about like my list wouldn't be about like, if I had to come up with a partner now, like it wouldn't be about like, what do I not want in them? It was, what do I not want in myself? Ah, right. I I see that. Yeah. That works. Yeah. It was like, it was like a strange thing, but like, I really was so passive in so many of my past relationships and I would just kind of accept anything that, that it's like, actually, this is the person I want to be. Like, I, I want to be somebody who has autonomy and sovereignty and like is okay with pushing back and is okay with doing all that, you know, and, and yeah. Yeah, making so, boundaries. Just a so, slight yeah. flip, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like I get to be who I fully am. And even if my partner doesn't fully believe in whatever spiritual belief I'm exploring that day, he's very open to it. Whereas in the past, in my very Christian marriage, I was... uh ridiculed for any exploration of anything like I'm talking like if I was like oh getting a rose quartz bracelet might be really nice because it would bring a good energy like something that simple he'd be like that's the devil you know and you can't go to church if a woman is uh speaking that sort of thing was just it was very degrading and I feel like um I opened myself up. I opened myself up so I could attract someone that I was because I was still stuck in a very rigid mindset. And so I had to first change to be able to attract someone who was just very open. Um, Yeah. yeah, Hopefully people who are listening can relate on some level. I know the purity culture experience is really common in Christian or like in Southern culture. It might not be other places. And I think like Muslim and even Hindu or, Mm -hmm. you know, people in Asia and Africa, there's a lot of like, the woman has to be a virgin and yeah, we can get into that on another episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, if you guys each had one last tip you'd want to leave everyone with for manifesting a partner, what would that be? I'll start. I think, um, I think that 
making like I, you, you actually already said it, Sophia, like make loving yourself as much as possible. I, I think it, what it does is it expands your electromagnetic field. If you want to think of it like magnets, mm-hmm. it expands your field so much that all of a sudden, like you don't need a very kind of niche, tiny little specific thing to make you happy. Like anything can come and it just, it just creates this massive field that attracts whatever it is. So like, I feel like loving yourself and accepting all the parts of yourself helps it so that you can accept and love the things in other people. And that just naturally attracts whatever it is. Yeah. That was my thought. And I think Absolutely. for me, cause my, like my wound, the theme, my, my wound, my primary wound has been abandonment. And I think people with abandonment wounds, they self-abandon in relationships and they make bad choices because they are willing to sacrifice anything for the other person. And in doing that, they self-abandon. Like if I could recommend if anyone listening has an abandonment wound, really work on healing that and learning not to self-abandon yourself and staying true to yourself and having boundaries. And you will attract someone who cannot abandon you because Mm. when you will not abandon yourself, you can't attract that energy, you know, and you can understand like someone may or may not be there, but they are not abandoning you. If you do not abandon yourself, I, I, mm. it too esoteric or no, 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 like I actually see that play out in my partner's life, like where he may have abandoned him, his, his true self and purpose for a period. And, and it doesn't give his ex-wife the right to cheat, but she totally did abandon him. And now I'm like, whoa, the correlation of him abandoning like his desire and purpose. And then me coming along and like shining the light on that again and helping him believe in himself. But no, that's, that's amazing. I love that. Um, And then my tip would be like a self check. Obviously we say, oh, vibrate love, but like going more deeper, like, are you in the energy of allowance or control? That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in the energy of allowance, that's more feminine, that's receptive, whereas control is very rigid and masculine. And if you want to attract a masculine man, which I understand not all of us do, like I'm a bisexual woman, but I, I do want a masculine man as my life partner. And I think that it took being in receptive mode for that person to be placed in because they're going, that's, that's just having like this really big open door for their energy, like a magnet to come in. Whereas if you're just trying to control, that's already too much of, it's, it's, it's this weird line of like, you attract what you are, but you also need to attract the opposite in that way. Right. Yeah. It's Um, like this gentle dance between having standards and, 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 and practicing radical forgiveness. Like Mm. you're completely open, but you have standards, you know? Yes. And like only you get to define what that is, but like you, you got to have standards, but you can't be so rigid. You close doors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. An allowance could look like, you know, putting yourself out there, but not trying to be aggressive and, and controlling of how you meet that person or exactly the personality traits on a dating website, you know? Exactly. Exactly being an allowance. So exactly. Cause, cause the thing is, is that our logical minds cannot even begin to fathom who our mate is. 
right? No. You know, and a lot of us don't have the the language of the heart in our in our minds to be like, oh yeah, I can totally come up with. I mean, the universe is so much more capable. Yeah, the universe is smarter than us. So uh, yeah. let's just let it know what we want and sit back and wait for it to happen. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I love it. Thank you guys for yeah, having well, thank me. Thank you been so much honor. for giving us your time, and we hope you have yeah. a wonderful rest of the day. Yeah, thank you, Sophia. Enjoy your brunch. It was it was really uh, it was really enjoyable to talk to you, and yeah, thank you for sharing your great. wisdom with us. Thank you. Yeah, if anyone wants to listen to my show, it's called Enlightened. If you just search Sophia Enlightened Instagram, Sophia Spolino. If you type in Sophia Spa, I'll pop up. Yes, and, and we're going to link everything it. in the in yeah. the show notes. We're going to have links to your website, Instagram, oh, and your you. hilarious TikToks. <laughs> we do have fun on TikTok. Well, thank you guys for having me, Anna. It's an honor to know you, and I cannot Yay. wait till we meet in real life. And Christina, it was great meeting you today. Yes, yeah. have love a your great, show. Beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I will. You guys too. Not Thanks so much. Right, appreciate it. All right. Bye. 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 You can connect with Sophia Spolino at at Sophia Spolino on TikTok or Sophia Spolino on Instagram or listen to her podcast, Enlightened, the podcast, which you can find on all of your podcast devices and platforms. Thanks so much for listening today, and we hope that you tune in soon. Have a blessed day. Let me tell y'all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.